So, about two weeks ago, yeah, I was working on a rather large project at work, and I was all set to have it done a week ahead of time. And I needed three pieces of information from one of my coworkers. And I emailed him, like, with two weeks until the deadline, being like, Hey, friend, can give information, please? Yeah, that would be, that'd be good. And mm-hmm. got nothing back. And then I followed up a week later with, like, Hey, here is the deadline. I'd like to submit by this day. Can I have information, please? And then mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And then I bugged another person on his team to be like, are you guys getting my emails? Is there an issue? And she's like, oh, yeah, we're getting them. He's just trying <laughs> to figure out if he wants to answer you or not. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Friends. <laughs> colleagues. No. That's, that's no way and to so, so do the, anything. The way that this concluded was... um. I chased him until the the project needed to be submitted by 4 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, good. Which is 1 p.m. Pacific time, the time zone that we work in. Mm-hmm. And I sent... Uh, he, he wound up getting me the information at, like, 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. And I had to get his final sign-off to submit everything. So I wound up sending him, like, the final versions of everything at, like... 1210 being like if if i don't hear back from you i am submitting this in 15 minutes regardless of whether it's right or not because my ass is not going to get filleted because we're we're late on this when i chased you for two weeks and it all happened and it was fine (laughs) but i like gotta get close definitely yeah like i'm (laughs) sorry but i should not be submitting something that i had completely done except for three pieces of information two weeks in advance Christ. 15 minutes before the end of the deadline. That's that's awful. Uh, my boss bought me Starbucks for it, though, so I guess well, that, it's all okay. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that seems make like up a fair with trade. $5. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To be fair, <laughs> it was it was a gift card with more than $5 on it, so... Oh, okay. All is forgiven. Yeah, $10, so... But... <laughs> I don't, I don't, I still to this day don't understand why that happened. That's terrible. I really don't. Yeah. Jobs are bad. I hate them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, David Graber. Marks into the chat. Oh, yeah. It's, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I have my copy of Bullshit Jobs sitting near me, too. I could, (laughs) yeah. Well, should we get, should we get started? You want to like officially get started? Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's do that. Uh, welcome to Very Legal, Very Cool, a podcast about a- how much jobs suck. That's what I decided. Again, the only two actors. Well, uh, well, welcome to Very Legal, Very Cool. Uh, today I am joined by, by two former guests, um, of course, uh, Rose and Emily Rose. I got the, the two Roses are, are here. Uh, yeah, we're just a little bouquet. Time a little to bouquet. start a war. Wow. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, should we do the usual? I'm going to stab you in the face. <laughs> 
the one. <laughs> <laughs> I got it's you. A, don't worry. It's a great yeah. song. I had this. I had this coworker at the coffee shop I worked at, and him and I had nothing in common at all. Like we just, it, whenever we were put like working next to each other, we there was nothing we could find to talk about. He's just really into sports and whatever. One thing though is he loved that song. And so whenever I would I would put it on in like the back kitchen, he'd just kind of look at me like, hell yeah. And I'd be like, yeah. And that was like our our one connection that we had. There was a good month when my fiance just had that playing on loop. Like, because he's one of those people where he'll hear a song that he likes and then that's all he listens to for like two weeks. No, 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 no. I kind of do that. And sometimes it's really good because we'll get on the same song and I'm like, this is chill. We can do this. And then sometimes it's Slipknot. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, those are rough times and and quite difficult. But uh, but yeah, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, as an Iowan, I'm supposed to tell you that that Slipknot's from Iowa. I'm supposed to as say an, that. As an Iowan, I'm supposed to tell you that I know Corey Taylor. I went to high school with him. Wait, did as a you? matter of fact, I fucked the drummer once. And, like, you should know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You're, that's that's all things that everyone in Iowa has experienced. <laughs> I mean, I swear Are to God. Are you telling me that the entire population of Iowa has fucked the drummer of Corey? <laughs> yes. Or, or <laughs> Slipknot, <laughs> rather. Same diff. Cord would be better. That's great. <laughs> when when I worked at McDonald's in Ankeny, it certainly <laughs> felt like everybody was saying that they knew Corey Taylor personally. So I, I listened to this other podcast um, called Wine and God Crime, forbid. which which I, I am absolutely promoting because they're fantastic. And if you like true crime and you like wine, you should absolutely listen to Wine and Crime. Um, but they had this bit where they were talking about, like, corn and Slipknot and stuff. <clears throat> and all three of the hosts are, like, middle-aged women who used to live in Minnesota. Um, so they have that really wonderful accent, you know. Um, and so they were, like, talking about it for some reason. And one of the women was like, I remember meeting someone in high school. She, like, moved into the area and was like... Oh, I'm really into corn, and I thought she meant the plant, not the band. And so I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that's great! There's so much corn here." And then immediately left the conversation. Like they, they like <laughs> did not talk any further. <laughs> and she was like, "It took me a good two weeks to figure out exactly what she had been talking about, and by then the damage was done. Yeah, and I could never talk to her again." <laughs> you can't undo that at that point. And I've However, never identified fair, more with an with an individual human. Uh, I love. I love that, though. Like, I've had so many interactions like that where, like, two weeks later, I'll wake up and be like, wait a second. I, I botched that completely. Yeah, like, oh, no. <laughs> but to be fair, the loss here was that they didn't have to be friends with somebody who likes corn. True. Mm-hmm. True. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. She got the better story at the end of the day. That's true. Because the yeah, other girl what, is just like, I don't know what I, happened there, but it was weird. Yeah, well, her story is always, I keep trying to talk about my favorite band, and everybody just keeps thinking I'm talking about the fields. 
No one will talk to me about the fields. <laughs> Can I just appreciate the idea of like you get to Iowa? Everyone is talking about the fields. <laughs> yeah, how has it. how has the band Corn mm. not yet come out with their own line of like cheap alcohol cord- called corn syrup? Yeah, Ooh, yeah, and it could be corn like a like a a very very abrasive corn whiskey yeah except with well, a ton of sugar in it probably not only because didn't didn't one of them didn't one of them convert to christianity yeah head bitch i don't yeah, head. know yeah what, what? this is the whole not, thing josiah, josiah have you never listened to the classic debut no. record from brian head welch save me from myself I, I remember when it came out i'm pretty sure and i never listened to it at all no it fucks is it it's a is it great good album it's a well, very if, good album if he's following catholic doctrine it should not be fucking no no that is I the opposite so concerned of what he should do i think catholic i think he doctrine. went evangelical i think he went evangelical right don't they also yeah, yeah, have yeah. rules like that though yeah they, yeah they're not supposed to fuck he he played bass on fox news with mike huckabee that's the worst <laughs> statement I've ever heard, and now I know that I'm missing nothing about this you're, person. You're doing a great job, uh, like working on this like subject of dystopian culture that we're kind of doing here. <laughs> that that is bleak as shit. I yeah, I've never heard anything that's more dystopian than that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's like you know. Oh, you remember the the Ramones opening for like Mitt Romney? Omni. like that's what that felt like to me oh. it's just like god <laughs> we like, live in the end times or like you know how like whenever anybody brings up that old tv show um the land before time and some mm. asshole in the comments has to be like you know the little girl that voiced the sidekick dinosaur oh, her dad murdered her like it's like you okay. can't let <laughs> something off. be happy you can't First let off. something be good you have First to come off. in there with like terrible murder on your childhood mm. it wasn't a tv show it was, it was. a franchise of films a movies okay mm. they're like 90 minutes that's the equivalent of like a tv show yeah, it's, it's fine yeah but like not for kids it's not <laughs> the, the first land before time movie was a fucking spielberg movie yeah that's true wow wow well, so when do you think they're gonna reboot that Oh god! Oh yeah, that any day, it's coming. I mean, because, it has to, right? Who because owns it? it it's got to be at peak nostalgia right now. Like, given that we're killing the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, as the last generation of people, uh, you know, <laughs> we should probably start making some more culture. <laughs> Let's see who owns it right now. Universal owns it. Oh, they've been rebooting is- everything. Universal is part of Comcast, which is part of NBC, which means uh, Land Before Time on Peacock. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, that's good. I should. No, watch that Land means Before it won't Time. get made because Peacock doesn't have a budget to be making. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe, it's maybe like, that's good. Maybe it can be kept pure. Shows. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if Netflix could make it, they would have already. Yeah, that's true. That's no, true. I don't. I don't think they could. Shoe it, shoehorn in enough gratuitous sex scenes to make that worth it for them. <laughs> Have you seen how 
hard Netflix goes on kids media, especially cheap animation, where they can just like put it together and flash without actually paying animators. I'm going to be honest, I've not sat down and watched Netflix (laughs) in a very long time. (laughs) Mostly because I actually bought Acorn, that like British TV thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like the British Netflix. And I just like watching Midsummer Murders until I fall asleep. Did you say you bought a corn? No, Mm. shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) No! I'm so excited! All the transition music is going to be corn for this episode. That's Josiah. <laughs> Josiah, I set you up so you could use film scores. What the fuck? <laughs> ah! Seinfeld is like one of the greatest films ever made. So they're coming oh, out yeah. with new Seinfeld. I think they shouldn't. I know. I'm very so... aware of that, but they are. <laughs> that makes me it's... so mad. In the new Seinfeld, is he dating a 17-year-old in that? Or is that just something that he's going to keep to his real life? I keep it in the real life. Depends if Netflix makes it or not. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) where are these Netflix jokes coming from? Is this about Bridgerton? Cuties. No, it's about Cuties. Oh, Cuties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't give a shit about Cuties. I mean, you should. Should I? (laughs) It's really bad. Is it? Yeah. Uh Like, I was willing to give it the benefit of the doubt, and then I watched a little bit of it and went, oh, no. Yeah, that's, like, that's been the kind of experience Something happened like there. Because, like, I, I read the whole background and everything, and I was like, you know what? I could totally see this being, you yeah, know, American bad. Puritanism gone crazy, but it's not. I'm inherently distrustful of the entire argument around cuties. Because mm. it definitely hit, hit peak Twitter discourse. And anything yeah. that hits peak Twitter discourse, I automatically assume is being blown up out of nothing for no reason. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I, I think that's I a fair it. read. Yeah. I think as the minority on the current podcast as uh, of somebody who doesn't use Twitter as much as either of you, Josiah, assuming that it's not Lent. Um, yeah, that's the only time. I don't have the same uh, uh, sort of gauge on Twitter and and mm. what happens there. And frankly, I'm okay with never That's gaining fine. a gauge. That's fine. But I, I think it's a bad thing. It's like an addiction, you know. Like I enjoy it, but I wouldn't wish it on anyone else. Well, you know? it's it makes me concerned. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I like Twitter. I like seeing the tweets that my friends have made. But I don't want to know. Like, And I even like funny Twitter where it's just, like, clapbacks and shit. But, like, I don't I don't want to get on a discourse. Like, that's, that's not... <laughs> please keep that over somewhere else. And I'm just, I just feel like Twitter's not the platform. Like, it is, because that's what it's been made into, and that's yeah. how the world uses it. But, like, it's I remember when Twitter wasn't yeah. that. And it yeah. was just, like, basically shower thoughts the social media. And it was a better time. Yeah, that was a bit more chill. However, it is very fun to make fun of, like, Ross Douthat or whatever. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. True. <laughs> are we gonna do what are you drinking yeah that, that yeah that is <laughs> what, are you, 
we, we, we got talking. Chop, chop, Josiah. You got to stay on the schedule. You know, part of it's with the last few episodes, I kind of just end up skipping the who are you section because they're all like return guests. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So, so okay. What do you, what are you all Wait a drinking? Second. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Could you, could you ask me who I am? Who are you? I'm a joke maker. <laughs> mm. That was a choice. <laughs> that was a choice that was made. <laughs> it was either going to be that or it was going to be a Blink-182 show. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you'll never guess who just Snapchatted me. Who? Mr. Jared. 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 You should, Jared. You should I will send him this. a photo and be yeah, like, we miss we'll say, you. Hey. Send him a photo of what? My uh, computer <laughs> with the very legal, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh oh what are what are you all drinking? Um, I am currently drinking a a very fine Blue Moon Belgian White Pale Ale. Hey, that's that's good. Uh, Emily, what are you drinking? I'm not. No, that's the wise. Not even move. water. Wow. I just got empty can of uh, Pepsi Hot Chocolate and mm. an empty can <laughs> of Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. Pepsi Hot Chocolate? What? Yeah, we have to go back to that. What? What? Pepsi Hot Chocolate. What? I I got four cans of Pepsi's new hot chocolate flavored cola, mm. um, which is not released yet in stores. And it's very I, good. I, I highly recommend it. Why the fuck would it be? <laughs> she says I, it's I, good. I it's going to come out for the summer. Oh, okay. No, 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 why? No. I mean, I'm going to try it, probably. No. It's very good. It kind of I, has I, the same vibe that you get from, like, a cola that's mixed with coffee, except that's, without that's as much not, abrasiveness. That's, that's nothing <laughs> either. I thought, like, you, I thought you were going to say, yeah, it's it's kind of got the same flavor as if you mixed uh, cola and hot chocolate. Oh, no, no. It's not that at all. Isn't that what the flavor is, though? Yes. Okay. Since since when has flavor been representative of anything in sodas? That's that's fair. That's fair. I didn't like the the Coke with coffee. That in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Why would you? In no world. No. 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 Okay. Would these uh, I will, no, I will taste I, good together? No. Those two you can don't go have well, to. very. No. no you those don't have two to can defend them. Well it's go, a sin. No. Those those are. It can go really well. There's a there's a coffee shop in Des Moines that does like um, cold espresso drinks, and one of them is like. Is like a cola with espresso, and it's it's really good. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I'm assuming but that's canned, like a small batch homemade cola syrup with. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. like it's not. So those two, those flavors Pepsi. can go together. Those flavors can go together. So when I did the Coke with the coffee, I was like, maybe this will be good, and it just it was wrong. Is wrong. The, the Coke with coffee is fine, but they went far too subtle with it. It's not nearly as good as Coke Black was back in like 2006. I never had that. That was good. Really? What was it? But now was we're just rehashing Idle Curiosity's topics. Yeah, this, is, <laughs> this is Idle Curiosity. <laughs> Welcome to Idle Curiosities. Grip it and rip it. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> you got to get um, you got to get the uh, the first man you kiss can't be Papa John. Oh, on that's going on the board eventually. <laughs> Yeah, that's got to go on. That was yeah. Anyway, uh, as I was saying, in 2016, there was a new Land Before Time film. Oh, yeah. Uh, it in was direct to DVD. 
it was direct-to-DVD, and it was originally available exclusively at Walmart. Hmm. And before you ask, yes, it did star Reba McIntyre and Damon Wayans Jr. Oh, I'm, I would, thank you. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> All of those statements make me want to weep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, I'm drinking ginger ale and Jameson. Good. Good choices. Very Irish of you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You yeah. are you still I, feeling the St. Patrick's Day slightly? Oh, I love St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I yeah, I drank too many Irish car bombs uh, on St. Patrick's Day. That was very, I thought we decided that that name was offensive. It well, it, it is. is. It is. <laughs> but okay. nobody uh, knows what I'm talking about if I say an Irish bomb or an I I don't know. No one knows it what I'm talking. Half ta- and half. Uh, Technically. Maybe. I guess you could argue that. Or it's a black and tan. No, no one knows what you're talking about. If, if you I, say I anything disagree. else. I think oh. context clues will, will okay, clear right. that right up. And uh, the yeah. very last bartending shift I did in my reasonably short bartending career was on St. Patrick's Day during a oh, frat yeah. party. Oh, good. And it was it was glorious. And I was trying to train a new girl. (laughs) And this, I hope she's doing well, but she was super pretty and had nothing behind her eyes. Just dead fish completely. Yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. So there were several drinks where somebody would flag me down and be like, can you remake this? I don't know what she did. And I would go, (laughs) yes, ma'am. I will will do that for you. Uh, I was, um, speaking of, uh, Irish car bombs, so I was reading about, uh, I thought we weren't using that name. I don't, I, I, I don't, speaking of that drink, I was reading (laughs) recently, uh, about the, the name and like some bars trying to like have different names that were less offensive. And so since it was like, well, not, not less, less offensive, I should say their thought process was like, okay, the reason that that name is offensive is because. You know, it's like it's it's a link to a specific like terrorist experience that, you know, Ireland and the UK went through. And that's why it's offensive. So we it, we have to be the butt of our own joke. So they were calling them 9-11s good. or ISIS. And good, I, I feel plus. like that was like good, good intent. But I don't know. If that I was mean, to be through. fair, like kamikaze shots exist. Mm. And that's kind of the same idea. That's kind of true. Yeah. I, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't take much to use a less offensive name that gets the same point across. Yeah, like, I think most fair. bartenders will recognize if you ask for a black and tan, mm-hmm. they will be like, oh yeah, I know what's up. And 100% of the time, if you ask a bartender for something and they don't recognize it, they'll ask you what's in it. And then you'll get yeah. about three words into the explanation. They'll go, oh yeah, I gotcha. Like, yeah. yeah. So... That's fair. But yeah, That's just fair. I'd like a nine eleven, please. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think that that idea is funny of just taking that to bars that don't do that, where oh, you no. just ask them for a nine. Oh no! <laughs> you gotta be <laughs> real like... careful what your company is. <laughs> yeah, just go to random military bars. It's fine. Yeah, like can I have a nine eleven? <laughs> oof, 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 oof. Can I have an ISIS? please at least at least don't do that in new york yeah like you might get your shit rocked if you do that (laughs) in new york
we talking about today? <laughs> so, so our, our like vague topic uh, that we kind of were working out was um, the, the tendency of like culture lately to I don't know like nostalgia oriented like consistent reboots um, kind of um, culture continuing to just reproduce the same stories over and over and over. Um, yeah, I think that like in 2016 then... when they made a new Land Before Time movie with Reba McIntyre and Damon Wayans Jr. Again, just want to weep. <laughs> um, but like, like this is this is really a thing that like frustrates me mm-hmm. because you see and and I mean I'm not like uber educated. I haven't done research on it or whatever. But we I, never do on this. <laughs> I see a lot of the like the push to franchise and reboot and reskin and and sort of replay these narratives over and over again as mm-hmm. a like as a financial move, because like to some degree, this has always been around because we've always had genre. Like, but at least yeah. within genre, there is an expected level of variation. Like, you don't you don't buy a mystery novel knowing that X person is the killer because that's the formula. Like, there is still question there. Don't like, you though? Isn't that I what mean, all Harlequin novels were? So, so Harlequin is one of these structures that like pisses me off because in romance novels, like the the genre states the two leads are going to get together. It's a romance novel. Or there's a love triangle or whatever. But, like, there's going to be some consternation. All the sex happens on page 46. And then, you know, happy ending or whatever. So, like, there Mm. are plot points that you recognize as marks of a genre. But then you have companies like Harlequin where the beats are so consistently repeated and mm-hmm. so, like, like there is no question. It's just uh, w- the same narrative reskinned and reskinned and reskinned. And I feel like you see that in, like, especially mm-hmm. today, superhero films. Yeah. But, like, like, there was a time in my life when I was super into Marvel and I would, like, go to all of the midnight screenings and everything. And then at a certain point, I just couldn't care anymore. Because yeah. I was like, I'm going to watch the same movie every time like, like i'll just wait until it comes out on you know so i can pick it up from Redbox or i can stream it or whatever because it's not worth the 38 dollars of going to go watch it in a theater did you right, watch right. um did you watch when wandavision i have not yet wandavision is one of those really great shows where you start watching it and you're like wow this is something i have never seen on television before it is truly incredible and it's great and then Five episodes into the seven-episode arc, you they go. They fuck it up. And now it is superheroes firing beams of energy at each other. Yeah. Yep. And that's all <laughs> yeah. it was ever going to be. Well, yeah. And and that's what I've heard is like yeah. like these. So so when you get into a mode of repeating narratives and falling back on on really basic tropes, like I understand why that happens because if you're a giant corporation like media corporation and you're going to sink tens of millions of dollars into a production you want to guarantee that it's going to perform you don't want to risk tens of millions of dollars on something that you have no market research to know if it's going to succeed or Mm. not 
But the problem with that is that it stifles creativity. And you don't get new narratives and you don't get new franchises because nobody wants to take a risk. And Mm -hmm. then on the... And and the thing that that frustrates this, because it's really easy to poo-poo the entire structure and just say like, ugh, none of these people want to be creative anymore. And where's all the art? Like, it's really easy to say that. (laughs) And that's kind of what I am saying. But then every now and again, you get a reboot that is so well done and takes some artistic liberties and really does like perform to the original source material and improves upon it and changes things with purpose or really nails the characters or under fully understands the world. Mm. And then at least for me, I go, well, fuck, I can't reject this because I got this incredible piece of art from this. Name three of those. Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, uh, uh, Man of Steel, of course. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I would argue, so this is one of the things that I brought up when we were talking about topics. Um, the recent Beetlejuice musical on Broadway, I think, oh, okay. did an incredible job adapting that. Um, and, and really, like, took it a few steps beyond where the original movie left it. Um, and I would argue that some of the new... So, specifically, I would say Lower Decks, the new animated Star Trek uh, television show, really does a good job of transforming and pushing forward the canon, um, while also being legitimately funny, which is something that Star Trek has always struggled with. Uh, So those would be my top three, like, examples. No, that, that seems right. But, like, for those three... There are half a million terrible, shitty reboots. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and like, that's the part that but I But why don't... does it matter? First off, I think it makes audiences lazy. Yeah. Like, like that... Because that... if you think about it, I think if you, if you show two trailers to most people, and one of them's for a Marvel movie, and one of them is for something completely new, mm-hmm. they're going to get more excited about the Marvel movie because they feel like they've already seen it and so they feel like they're already connected to it and they're already invested. And it's safe. So, it, it's like it's like feeding a toddler McDonald's versus a kale salad. Now, a kale see, I'm going to argue better. with you here. Okay, I am going cool. to argue with you here because I think that your complaint is not with lazy reboots. I think your complaint is with the time constraints placed on families by a capitalistic society that does not leave time for risk. Hmm. I would argue that capitalistic society does not allow for risk anywhere. Whether it's in the Hmm. production side of making a movie or, or a book or whatever, or watching it or promoting it. So they're like risk is disincentivized by the system. Mm hmm. Yeah, because, like, if I have three hours a week that I can put towards watching a movie, I'm almost always going to pick a movie that I feel safe going into or already invested in. Like, I would watch Knives Out 2 in a heartbeat because I already know the characters and I want to see where they're going next and I want to see what they do with it next. And you trust the storyteller because you already enjoyed one of their Mm -hmm. stories. Yeah. But if you show me a brand new film from a brand new director with an unknown cast, except for Reba McIntyre and Damon Wayans Jr., like, I'm, 
I'm going to have a hard time buying into that because I know that it's a risk on my time. And if I only have three hours free in my week, I would mm-hmm. much rather spend that Watch three something. hours on something that I know I will 70% yeah. enjoy than take a chance on something that I don't enjoy at all. Yeah. I think I think you're you're both correct, obviously. I just think y- you up, both Josiah. are pointing to different... <laughs> <laughs> You're both pointing to different things that capitalism is like, yeah, I don't know, ruining the yeah, art from. Because no, I... Rose is pointing toward like, yeah, from the industry side of things, but as Emily's kind of pointing toward the consumer side. What do you mean? I don't think, well, I think there's the tendency to want to view reboot culture and retelling of stories as a new thing, yeah. but it's not. It's not a new thing by well, any means. There well, have always been not. legends. There have always been folk tales. There have always been stories that get handed down and told over and over that are comfort food so and it's, I think it's that's not a really necessarily it's not necessarily the retelling i'm speaking more to like the at least from what i perceive is the modern tendency to like like the like for a while everything was gritty reboots it was like nothing mm-hmm. can be happy we're gonna tell the same story but we're gonna make it gritty and adult and it's gonna be great and, like, they really didn't innovate. They just changed the tone and made billions of dollars doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and like, whatever the next, like, because with the, with the handing down of stories and folklore and myths and legends, like, I, I don't think we see that same level of we're going to reskin this. And, like, like, it's more intentional when they change things. Like, they change things to show off do we specific not values or do we pieces? not see that or do we only not see that because only the cream of the crop has stayed at the top and surfaced down to us mm-hmm. well that's always going to be the argument is we don't have a full view of past media like yeah. past generations of media because the things mm-hmm. that nobody liked get burned right but like i i don't want to fall into the trap of saying you know rock music was good when I was a kid, when we had Metallica, yeah, but and it's, it's not Crew. anymore. Yeah, but rock music's dead now. Like, I don't want to be that person about movies. No, because there are still a lot of really fucking great movies coming oh, out, like A twenty four and Sony Classics. And yeah. I, I want to make sure that we're going. Yeah, there's a lot of dreck out there, and there's a lot of stuff that's rehashing and retelling the same stuff that we've seen a hundred times before. But that's always been the case, and there have always been creative original mm-hmm. stuff being made it's mm-hmm. just that the original stuff is it's hard to find and it's hard to get into and i would argue it's even easier now than normal because we have yeah, more and it, more voices yeah. and more and more niche places to try and find these things if you're willing mm-hmm. to seek them out i guess my core frustration more lies in the like, sometimes you go see a reboot or you go see a, a, a movie that, that rehashes an old storyline, and you can tell that the people who made it did not give a shit about the source material. Like, they just, they, they don't speak true to the characters, they don't care about the world building, there's some flashy, like, special effects or whatever, but, like, they don't, like, you can watch it and you can say, this team did not give a shit about the material they were working with. But enough they about J.J. Abrams. Well, I mean, that's exactly <laughs> my point, though. Like, so, and 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 this is, it's actually kind of perfect that you say that, because, like, so most of my, 
personal history with like like the largest franchise that I'm invested in is Star Trek. I had never watched Star Trek until I went to go see J.J. Abrams Into Darkness, the second movie, the second Star Trek movie that he'd made. Wow. I like I like I knew about it. I understood what Star Trek was, but I had never seen any until I went to go see Star Trek Into Darkness because Benedict Cumberbatch was in it. And I was like, he's a pretty man. I'm going to go watch him in space. And then I got through that movie and went, I need to go watch Star Trek. And I went to the original series. Oh, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. So, yeah. In so you, a very... you put up with fucking Shatner? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm so I sorry. Have... <laughs> I have watched um, every episode of Star Trek and every movie that has been made up until the the end, the second half of this most recent uh, series of Star Trek Discovery, which I think when you when you count it all up, it's something like fifty two days of content. <laughs> um, but uh, that is a side point. But so so one of these very shitty rehashes and reboots that was clearly just a money grab, trying to do the same thing as the Star Trek or the Star Wars reboots and make some money actually brought me into what I would argue is much better content and much more complex and interesting content. But I don't understand how something like... um, I don't understand how something like that movie happens to be so soulless. Like, like you have... decades of background content to make it not soulless and to and to make something new and different and interesting and engaging and that builds the canon instead of saying well we're gonna redo these movies but make it a little bit different and um you know we're gonna randomly throw this character in but make her young and hot and we're gonna put in this angle that doesn't make sense right now and we're gonna make Kirk a not just a playboy but a little bit of a misogynist even though that wasn't in the original source material and bing bang boom we've got a box office hit right and just be like you clearly didn't understand anything that this entire series has been touting for the last 30 years now did they not understand the movie or did the studio insist on increasing shareholder value well, and that's my question, because I think either way, it's bad. Like, if you are misunderstanding the content because it's going to give your shareholders more value, mm-hmm. like, that's a problem. And if you are just not taking in the past content because you want to cash in on this giant fandom that will go see your movie because it is part of a franchise that they very much care about, that's also a problem. Yeah. I, I think I, yeah. I, I, I I'm so sorry. I don't want to be the antagonist to you for this entire episode. No, you're good. No, I love it. It's so Do much it. fun. Um, <laughs> but if shitty art leads you to good art, then shitty art is good. So I don't necessarily agree because at the point that I saw the JJ Abrams film, I was already open to Star Trek. Like, I hadn't gone and sought it out, but, like, I wasn't turned off by it. I wasn't like, oh, this nerd shit. Like, I I was already somebody who was pretty much primed. I just needed something that was kind of glossy 
to make me be like, hang on, I want to go back to the beginning. Yeah. And that's what that's what major studio films do so well. They are glossy. They're easy to take in. They don't require much of their audience, which means that they're wonderful for when you but get you home can... at the end of the day and you just can't fucking deal. And that's you good can, art. You can make something glossy and and easy without giving up on the heart of why it exists Hmm. right like you don't have to necessarily go full highbrow and make it like a deep think piece but you can do justice to what that content is Mm-hmm. And it's it can still be kind of shallow and it can still be, you know, I mean, some of the best episodes of just specifically like Star Trek are just the fun, wacky romps. Like they don't carry a super deep meaning. They're not, you know, the measure of a man or something. It's just, hey, you know, one of the, one of the best Star Trek films, in my opinion, is the one where they go back in time to save the whales. That's ridiculous. That like, rules. There's no, there's no point there. There's, no, I mean, they tried to be like environmentalism and we need to save the whales and care about the earth. But like, it was heavy-handed, even in the '80s when it was made, or the '90s or whatever. And and it was ridiculous. And you have Chekhov with his thick Russian accent asking random people in San Francisco where San Francisco where the nuclear vessels are, like. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. It's goofy. It's perfect Star Trek. <laughs> Why can't they do that? Instead of being like, ooh, yeah, we're going to fuck with the core of these characters. Because that's because... risky. But yeah. it's not, because it's proven to work. No, it's not. All those movies no, made not. money. Hmm. It's proven to work as a one-off in the midst of a context. Hmm. But Star Trek at least when J.J. took over, wasn't exactly a known entity anymore for the new generation. Mm-hmm. Like, I will yeah, give you that J.J. It. kicked off the new generation of Trek. Like, I will what? give you that. Yeah, and he did it really well because he made something that was palatable to a studio into a theater-going audience. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And in playing the game, he made something that, while it wasn't true Star Trek was an entryway to Star Trek for a new generation, the next generation. And everybody got to go and be Voyagers. Um, Fuck off, okay. (laughs) A great discovery. I would love to hear how you're going to shoo in Deep Space Nine. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the best Trek, by the way. (laughs) Perfect timing. I don't know. Okay, so so should we let Josiah talk on his own podcast? Yeah, yeah, probably. No, I love this conversation. I also I love because I uh, because I was running late. I bought Chinese food, but I haven't been able to eat it. So you guys could talk, and I could eat crab rangoons for a second. Oh, I do love a crab rangoon. It was a good time. (laughs) No, I I guess when I'm thinking of well, one thing one thing I'm thinking about through all this is is I think of especially science fiction, but art as a whole is very much about like the ability to imagine what the future is going to look like in my mind. And the reason I get concerned with re- reboots and with Disney owning the majority of, you know, Marvel or whatever um is because even even pop culture I think to some degree or another affects like how we imagine what's possible in the world. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, and because of that, if you if you keep having the reboots, like th- there's a theory, there's an ability that maybe we alter each reboot, like alters it, and you can build off these like new ideas. But oftentimes, it's recycling kind of the same ideas. And for me, it it you know I don't know as somebody who's been brain poisoned by like Mark Fisher and stuff, I I imagine. I see this like inability to imagine what comes next um, in the kind of like, you know, saturation of reboots right now. Maybe maybe I am uh, romanticizing the past to some extent. And I think I think Emily's correct on that. So I, so I don't I know where to go with well, that. Well, well, and I, I do have some thoughts there's... on that. <laughs> well, and, and I think but, uh, before you say that, I think one thing that's interesting about the Star Trek metaphor we were talking about that is is Star Trek, I think, was filled with like pushing the boundaries of what's possible even that absurd idea of like going back in time and saving the whales right mm-hmm. is kind of this pushing at like a desperate um we could fix the environment still you know in spite of all this it's it's got like there's a hopefulness to that or whatever um but now we're kind of stuck culturally that we are looking for the new ideas in the past and that's kind of odd to me i don't well, know if that's necessarily bad it's just odd where it's like the cultural reference that we have now, we use those to go to the past to find new ideas. And that's that's kind of odd. I don't know. Might not be bad. but Well, I, I, I have some thoughts here. First off, I would say that we are still seeing ambition and forward thinking even mm-hmm. amidst reboots. So, like, I think something that a lot of people get annoyed with is the major franchises like Star Wars and Marvel. Mm-hmm. And... Marvel, for all of its sins, managed to do something that was truly unique and truly fascinating to watch mm-hmm. when they put together the Avengers films all the way through Endgame. Just like seeing that scale of something get made is truly incredible to see. Mm-hmm. I would say by any metric. Like it's something that I don't think has ever happened before in film. And so that's still forward thinking. It's just forward thinking in a different way. And maybe it's more meta towards the movie industry, yeah. but it's still really interesting and it still spurs on towards, okay, what can be done in this medium? Mm-hmm. And then there's also the idea of, we look to the past in a lot of our media for answers. And I think mm-hmm. that's normal. And I think that's more normal now than it was before, because right now we have enough of a recorded history to look at. Mm-hmm. That we can say, oh, I'm looking at these cycles mm-hmm. that history goes through and that fashion goes through and that storytelling goes through. Because everything works in cycles where we burn out on one thing and then we move to another thing and then we burn out on that and then we move to another thing. And eventually we can come back to something that got burned out on and look at mm-hmm. it with new eyes. And so we work through these cycles and we just have a really solid documentation of how that works now. Whereas we haven't had it to this degree ever before in history. Yeah. I mean the last, last, you know, maybe you you could say 50 years, you could say even 300 years has. Yeah. Yeah. has has given us an ability to actually see how culture kind of, yeah. Yeah, Rotates and, and that that's fair. It's just, I think that advertising companies and stuff have, have really paid attention to that process and they're milking it. And, well, yeah, and that's we what's exhausting. To, we haven't learned how to fight that because it's a new problem. But mm. I think it's really interesting to use the past to look at the present because, I mean, historians have been doing this forever. Like, we know in the past 
we won World War II for, you know, various definitions of winning. Mm -hmm. We defeated the Nazis. And so now, as we're coming up with Nazis again, we really want to go back. We want to look at the media that's being that was being made then and yes. okay. find some comfort in that and make something new that echoes those same sentiments. We want another Mel Brooks. We want another, mm-hmm. you know, Bugs Bunny shooting, you know, Hitler. Like, we want that type of bullshit that's just like, it means nothing, but it worked then, so why not try it now? That is that is a, a fantastic point. Um yeah, it's it's what I just I I struggle with when it comes to the monopolization of Disney, like how how possible so, it is to get dissent, any sort of like new or resurrected old ideas um, in through Disney. But but you're totally right. Like the, the past. Um, so like, you know, I'm studying history in college, um, like what, one of the big um thinkers uh each car has this metaphor that gets used by historians a lot called the winding procession which is like um you know history is like this big parade and we're all marching but the parade is parade isn't uniform and it winds back over itself and so Mm. what you feel closest to historically doesn't line up to what was actually like i don't feel close to the 90s but i do feel close to the 30s it's like old you know weird parts of history will suddenly feel very close um and that's that is like yeah how history works like a darker version of that is um like right after 911 people started writing histories of the crusades um which is a really terrible thing but like we we always tend to be gravitated toward yeah what's historically similar to now or where we feel like we can get answers to what's going on now i mean the renaissance in a sense was just looking back to what the greeks did um it's just that I feel like that process is being co-opted by Disney in some way, and I don't know what to do about that, or so, if we're doomed because oh, of that. Oh, I, I know Here's, what to do about that. Uh, have you heard of guillotines? Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> the So the other piece of this that we're kind of dancing around, but not specifically naming, is copyright law. Yeah, which is literally what Disney oh, has weaponized to maintain its empire. Because Disney was built on fairy tales, which were fair use, and anybody anybody could have been Disney in the day. Just because Walt Disney, as an individual, went, hey, you know what I think is going to be popular if we retell these culturally conscious stories that everybody knows in a beautiful, artistic way, we can monetize it. And then they closed the door behind them and went, fuck y'all, except you, Don Bluth, you get about two. Thumbelina... And some other bullshit. And then you gotta go deal with dogs mm. in heaven. Um, now, I want to be clear. They also gave Don Bluth the land before time. That, I would argue that the land before time is not a culturally conscious fairy tale. I think I think the land before time is the most important piece of media that's going on in the last. But, but I, think, I think that's really like the core of what we're talking about here is we have these corporations where... All of their power relies on stopping people from... That's a terrible noise. Um, (laughs) Stopping other creative individuals and other... um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Enterprises from going into something that really... Like, they don't... I mean, they own it technically. Mm -hmm. But, like, can anyone really own Snow White... Can anyone really own Beauty and the Beast? 
Mm-hmm. Like, these are stories that were originally, like, if they were published at all, were originally published in the 1400s, in the 1500s. Like, mm-hmm. these are old fucking stories. Yeah, yeah. And all so, of a sudden, nobody can do anything with them without getting the, the very impressive and very intimidating hammer of the Disney Corporation put down I think this is them. why... I'm so interested to see stuff like Guillermo del Toro taking oh, Pinocchio. Yes. Because it's so signature, not Disney, but it's a story that Disney has claimed that they've put their stamp on. And so to see anybody try to take it and go, this is a version of it that isn't Disney and is so far from what Disney did that they can't claim ownership of it. Yeah, that's great. Well, because that's what I was going to say is I, I think maybe I would have a different feeling about reboots if it was like anyone could make a Star Wars movie. And so there were these like weird additions to it or something like that. Like I might feel better about it. On the other hand, there's definitely the possibility of like market saturation where like there's just billions of people putting out Star, Star Wars movies. Yeah, and that, that could be bad Wars. in its own way. But I would yeah, also imagine if we- argue- <laughs> That, you know, like, like if you take the time to go into one of these um, fandoms and see some of the fan films or fan creations, they are incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. And that's because these are people who are so invested in the established canon and the established themes and world and identity of this story. Sure, that sure, sure. They're, they're... Some of them are. Huh? Some of them are. Oh, no, I mean, there's always people who are just fucking around, like... But, like, it's the same thing as with movies. Like, most movies suck ass. Most movies are really fucking bad and don't understand what they were trying to do. Same with fan art. And Mm -hmm. so you end up with, you know, The Rise of Skywalker, and you end up with fans saying, oh, well... You know, Kylo Ren and Rey should have been together because, you know, that's how stories go. And women women shouldn't have empowerment to be just nobody. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so you end up with fans who truly believe that, who are invested in the canon and believe that they yeah. that it has to follow the same beats that it's always followed. And I think that's hmm. really frustrating because that's the entire entertainment industry. Is okay. Seeing it. I, I feel like I'm not t- making my point well here, but there's... No, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, and and yeah. I do think that there's some credence to that. And I guess my, my kind of reframing of the issue is how much shit has to prime the pump for something that's actually good. So much. Like, yeah. like do you, in your perspective, do you think that we just need to... like Like, in a way, is the media as a whole a bunch of monkeys on a typewriter and we're we as an audience just have to wait for the one that's actually going to write Shakespeare and even the, they might not quite know that they're doing it the media isn't a bunch of monkeys on a typewriter it is reddit oof hmm. that's scary which is that there are a couple of small subreddits where occasionally a good post will filter up to the top <laughs> and reach the front page. But for the most part, it's dreck and it's reposts and it's hate speech. And it's people reaffirming the things that they already like. And it's not creative and it's not anything notable. And that's the vast majority of stuff because that's what's easy to make and that's what's easy to consume. 
But every so often, something floats to the top where you go, holy shit, this is so good. It kind of makes everything else worth it. Yeah. Do you think that happens because of individual inspiration or a trend crests and just someone happens to be at the top of it? How do you define individual inspiration? I would define it as somebody sets out to tell a particular narrative and it would start internally. It's not in reaction to a theme or a trend or whatever, but it is something that they... Like, so the way that I kind of think about it is um, poetry. There's Mm -hmm. plenty of... um, themes and ways to and modes and and structures to create poetry in but at the end of the day it's only from my perspective you're only going to be a successful poet if you're writing from something internal that you're using all those structures to um to I'm too far into this beer to make any sense anymore. Okay, I know <laughs> where you're going. I know where you're going, and I so, do have some thoughts because so you're making great points. So the inspiration needs to be interior, and the structure is what you put that inspiration on to form it into a complete piece of art or a narrative mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. a song or whatever. It's sort of the idea of, like, the structure is there. You have the traditional music scales, but... If you're writing a song, it has to come from within you. You're not just copying someone else's song in a different key, ideally. Okay. That's what but, I call inspiration. Yeah. What? Okay. So I, I agree with you on a lot of the points there, but I think the subtle differences are what really kills this for me. And the big subtle difference for me is that I don't believe there is such a thing as inspiration that is devoid of influence. Hmm. I would agree I, with that. Because I think if you are making art of any type, you are you're always art influenced by every single piece of art that you've ever consumed up to that point, in one way or another. Mm-hmm. I cannot I agree write. With that. I can't sit down but and write I, a song. So perhaps inspiration without is the wrong knowing word. what pop punk is, I can't write a song yeah. without knowing well, about Bob Dylan well, th- and Paul McCartney. Th- this is kind of though. This is still back to kind of the point of. Um, I don't know, uh, genre and uh, folk folk stories where, where you alter an aspect of it to, to make a point like, I don't know. Um, well, because I think the whole the whole idea here is like every art form or media form has its its infixed structures or genres or or uh, for lack of a better term, it's jargon, right? Like mm-hmm. everyone who's producing music uses the same scales and uses the same notes and everyone who create who films movies who shoots movies and directs uses the established tools that they have every writer uses at least in english uses the english lexicon and and so on and so forth and i think even when you expand that to narratives and you say we have genres and genre i would argue is not a bad thing I know plenty of snooty people that are like, oh, genre fiction. And I'm like, that's raw. Like, don't do that because there are incredible narratives that play out in genre fiction. And I would argue most non-genre fiction really does have some root in genre fiction at one time or another. It's a genre. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not genre is a genre even. Yeah, yeah. And and so, like, I'm not poo-pooing 
those trappings and in fact i i think understanding those systems is incredibly important to analyzing the modern mediascape because you're right we literally cannot create something without relying on the framework that we have literally been born into and grew up with right what i would argue is the the artist instinct or the artist contribution or the desire to create something original or new comes from a desire to see all of that strata and to see all of that structure and say, I want to do something using these tools that I have never seen before. Or, because mm-hmm. the slight other side of that is I want to execute this particular thing so well that it becomes part of the strata. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to, once again, be the advocate for shitty art. <laughs> because I think there's a place for shitty art, and I think that shitty art is valuable. Um, okay. And if I were a filmmaker, I cannot imagine that I would ever sit here and go, what I want to do is I want to make the next groundbreaking movie. No. Do you know what I want to do? I want to make a movie about Herbie the Love Bug, where Herbie gets converted to be an electric car and is used <laughs> as a trans allegory. <laughs> That's cute, though. But it's still a rehashing. I would literally, like, I've thought about writing this, and I would literally, to start writing this, I would have to go back and watch the original Herbie movies and time out the beats and find out exactly where they had their beats land to make them feel like the movies that they are. Yeah. And so it's not, I guess, ultimately, I guess I'm trying to defend remixes. Well, but I, I don't necessarily think that remixes need defending because I yeah, understand I think we're that on the, there is yeah. value there. I'm, aren't sh- aren't shitty remakes just remixes? It's it, it's a remix, but I think I think maybe a the, big part of it is who's doing the remix. For the me. difference to me is the the purpose. Because okay. if if somebody remixes a piece of art to create, like you said, a trans allegory which is a perspective and a storyline that historically greater society has either A, not known existed, or B, aggressively shut down, mm-hmm. then it is bringing something original to, to the scape. It is bringing a perspective that the broader consciousness and the broader public has very little context for. And I see that as valuable, and I would say that is doing something different and doing something unique. And and that's why I'm all for diversity in media, because I'm really tired of watching the same superhero film that has a straight white male actor saving everybody. I don't Mm -hmm. need that. The world doesn't need that. We're tired of that. Give me something different. There's a reason why Wonder Woman which is not particularly a good film, was still important to some degree, I would say. Mm -hmm. It was important because it let us know that you can make it in Hollywood even if you have zero charisma. And I think that's important. (laughs) That's something that you really have to put forth in front of the kids. Um, Equally important, I think, is to just really get new, creative, original ideas out there, which is what leaves us with this. You ready for this, Hotshot? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, bring it on. Do you know what that's from? No. What's that from? That's from a little movie called B-Movie. 
<laughs> something that was truly can we okay original. can we fucking talk about b-movie no <laughs> because we i just recorded an episode on b-movie last night for idle curiosity's okay. patreon so please go subscribe to the idle curiosity's <laughs> patreon it's two dollars this was this was all just a long-winded plug it's <laughs> <this> elaborate <laughs> <laughs> But, okay, this oh is so God. unrelated. There's a there's a subreddit that's called like podcast guest exchange. Yeah. And I've thought about just like throwing myself out on there and just like doing that as a way to advertise VLVC. You mm-hmm. think that's a good idea? No. Just like go on people's podcasts? Absolutely I mean, not. Live your dream, Josiah. <laughs> Josiah, what is to be gained by going on a podcast that has 30 listeners? I, you know, I might I get say, one of them. looking in the mirror. <laughs> so. Single tear. Um, That's not the sound of sadness. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's kind of move towards some final thoughts. Maybe not like, I don't know, super final, but I guess. Um, yeah, really, we need to come to a solution here. Yeah, because I think it's like a solution for, I mean, the, yeah, for the end of the show. A, so um, if if I can, what do you call if it? I can Clues. potentially like, and maybe this is going to kick off another discussion, and if so, we can just cut <laughs> it off before it gets there. Sure. But I would argue that there are that there are different categories of art, and I mean that in like a, and this is going to sound very pretentious and whatever. Um, if someone wants to call me a pretentious piece of shit they can the whatever but mm. i would argue that there is media there there is content there is media there is lowercase a art and there is uppercase a art and they are all important and they are all vital but they generally don't fall into each other's categories or it's it's like a mm-hmm. funnel system yeah. does that help with any of this no oh okay <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of – I agree and disagree with you on that. I think the big thing that I – the big thing that I observe from that is that I think the lines between high art and low art are so blurry that they only matter if you're talking within context of something. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you could say that Guardians of the Galaxy is high art compared to, like – the Marvel movies that were being churned out back in the era of Marvel <laughs> and Electra, right? <laughs> Yikes! Um, but also, you could say that it's lowercase art in comparison to f- fucking I don't know um, the Mona Lisa or Citizen Kane oh, or the Mona Lisa sucks. I mean, yeah, it's an overrated it is, piece of shit. It is culturally relevant. Yeah, it's still lowercase a art. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since Duchamp drew a mustache on the Mona Lisa, it's been kitsch art. Now, see, you know what I like? You know what I like? Uh, I like that Banksy fella. Oh, yeah. Now, that's art. I personally like the artist Claire who made a corporate animation version of Saturn eating his son. Yeah, I think that that's is, high art. That is brilliant, actually. I want her to do more. <laughs> I don't know. I really felt like it was a remake that didn't understand the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>
better. It goes better that way unless I'm like, it, it, rather than just like barking orders at my guests. I don't, I don't like doing that. Are you, Josiah, are you uncomfortable with authority? Do you not like being in that position? No, I don't. Do you feel a deep-seated... I just don't love it either. I'm pretty indifferent. A uh, (laughs) deep-seated self-consciousness that maybe you're not worthy of authority? No. Or is it because you've seen authority get mishandled by everyone in your life for your entire life? And you're terrified that you're just going to step in and begin to abuse your authority. Like, ultimately... (laughs) I'm... I gotta. I really enjoyed it. We're both talking at the same time. I'm gonna go, yeah, look, it's strong. go to the go to the bathroom and look into the mirror for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Throw some water on your face. Breathe really heavy. Whoa. All right, all right. Well, you you both listen to the show, so you know that the next segment is that uh, you you both do a Patreon ad. Now you could either do separate Patreon ads or some sort of joined Patreon ad. So if you That's back our Patreon decision. at $20, you can actually get access to our Discord channel where you can comment and like Patreon we'll for very important. legal, very cool. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Would you like to go first, Emily? <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping that like long pause <laughs> in. <laughs> uh, let's see, what do I got here? I got. Uh... <laughs> hey, you're listening to Very Legal, Very Cool. You're going to want to jump right in to uh, patreon.com slash very legal, very cool. And you're just going to want to slap down a fiver on the table because that fiver, I'll tell you what it's going to buy. It's going to buy you so much stuff. It's going to buy you at least one episode of Stargate SG1. So I did it to have your name said throughout instead of Jack O'Neill's. So that's just what you can get for $5. If you go to the $10 level, they are actually going to edit for you a full copy of the Stargate movie starring Kurt Russell. Except instead of Kurt Russell's face, it will be your face deep faked in. That's for only $10 a month. And they will make a new copy of that every month for you. Yep. Yep. That's a very legal, very cool promise. Good. <laughs> snaps all around for that. There we go. Yeah, snaps. Yeah. I'm so excited to start edi- editing Stargate. That's going to be a good, t- <laughs> good time. Yeah. Uh, Rose, you should do an ad. Ladies and gentlemen, are you interested in joining the Very Legal, Very Cool Patreon? No? Well, I'm going to tell you why you should be. Because you see there are many tiers And they will get you various awards But I'm here to tell you about the secret tier Oh god The secret tier is of an undisclosed amount You'll only know when you actually donate enough to hit it (laughs) And Josiah will personally edit together A very legal, very cool length episode That is just him whispering affirmations to you He will tell you how pretty you are He will tell you how smart and how important to the world you are. He will tell you that you're doing just fine, and you know what? Becky in accounting is a bitch. (laughs) And it will be an incredibly wholesome and well-meaning moment that is just between you and Josiah Sutton. And this, friends, is why you should donate to the Very Legal, Very Cool Patreon. Yeah. 
God, if I had to listen to that, I would shed a secret here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I'm excited to have to record that also. Uh, I think the worst part about that is that it has to be actually LV or uh, very legal, very cool length, (laughs) which is anywhere between an hour and three hours. (laughs) (laughs) We we do do that, don't we? Huh? Yeah. (laughs) A little too often. All right. Next up, we have a uh, we have our Patreon patrons. Uh, one thing you know that that didn't get brought up there is if you subscribe at the ten dollar tier, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll insult your Twitter account. So uh, I'm going to send you some Twitter ads right now. I, I can't um, imagine who you're covering. Yeah, it's it's yeah. <laughs> so we we got Claire who made the uh, the you know uh, Saturn devouring his son thing mentioned earlier. We got Kyle. We got um, this this person, Emily Rose Reinecke. I, I don't know if you're... This sounds like a real cunt. Yeah. And we got uh, AJ Mont... Mont- I don't know how to pronounce his Mont-a-pi? name. Montepi? I, I, I don't know if it's Mont... Montpetit? Montpetit? I don't know. <laughs> we all have to do our best Parisian accent. Yeah, Parisian. Montpetit. Uh, <laughs> 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 Your Twitter sucks. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's start with let's start with Claire here. Uh, it's at Clay or oh, she's gone protected. That's Unless, fine because I follow her. Yeah, there we hey. go. There we go. Claire, uh, in your in in your bio, you say that you like cool stuff, but when I'm looking through your likes, I just see TikTok and like really basic memes and. <laughs> Now I am quietly waiting for the catastrophe of my personality to seem beautiful again and interesting and modern. Oh my god, I'm gonna kill myself. This is so boring. <laughs> Claire, you you really do love cool stuff and I I admire that about you. Um God damn it. I mean <laughs> so part of it so I do not currently follow Claire. I did just ask to follow her, but it hasn't kicked in yet. So yeah. the only commentary I can leave is based on her profile picture and her uh, her account background cover photo thing. And mm. I do have to say, loving the account picture, uh, big fan of blonde it's, lady yeah, with skulls yeah. and You're not supposed to say positive things. I understand that. Hang on. Can you let me do my work? Yeah. Josiah? Yep. Uh-huh. Can, <laughs> le- can you let me function? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. big fan of that. However, it is ruined by the poorly lit uh, background photo of trees and what is ostensibly supposed to be, like, a Bigfoot or a demon in the dark. But anyone who grew up in the Midwest knows is just a rather angry raccoon. So, you <laughs> fucked up your entire aesthetic there. That's and, so- oh, hey, I follow her now, so I can participate. <laughs> she, she really just accepts it. Huh? Yup. <laughs> Clearly not a very high barrier to entry there. <laughs> um but honestly I think I did all the good work that I needed to do on that one. Yeah, no, that was great. I think that was good. Um let's uh do you want let's move on. Do you want to try Kyle here? Claire, He's, I also uh, hope you get food poisoning from the calzone you ate. The calzone. Oh. My cat's named Calzone. Please don't eat him. Don't eat your cat. Oh, wait, sorry. We're not roasting you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck you. I like Kelzone. That's a nice name. 
My, well, our yeah. other cat's named Hot Pocket, so he's just a better version <laughs> of her. My yeah, my girlfriend's cat is named Noodle. Oh, yeah. I love. She's very fat. Just a very fat God. cat named Noodle. <laughs> the best cats are are such a. She's such an asshole cat. Yeah, I lo- I love her. Okay, we've got. We've got uh, Kyle here, Coastal Elite M M M M A underscore Marxian. Goddamn America, that's in the Bible. That's true. Yikes. <laughs> um, you've already identified yourself as a kind of person with your um, Amer- what is it fucking called? King of the Hill King backgrounds, of the Hill, yeah. uh, which again just puts you into a particular category that. I think we all fully understand. <laughs> for some reason, for some reason, you're on Twitter right now asking for study Bible recommendations. Do you That's understand cool. Twitter? Do you understand Twitter? Because <laughs> I think you don't. I like the the Adventure Kids Bible. That's what I use in my professional religion. See, I'm a big fan. It's got of like message. a skate skateboarder on the front. <laughs> the best. Yeah, that's a I think, good one. I think Toby Mac had a version of the Bible at one point, didn't he? Like an Extreme Days he, Bible. He had his own version. Extreme Days version. Was that a was that a reference that I I missed? I mean, it's a reference to an entire curriculum of youth group materials based on Toby Mac's song Extreme Days. Oh my God! So I I already know the topic of your your return to the podcast, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna get into that now (laughs) that rules uh yeah yeah i think i think we've really ripped i think we might actually have uh uh covered kyle more times on this show than i'm supposed to so well i'm trying to think for this i mean the only thing i'm really getting off this twitter profile is i'm trying so hard please like me so if that's the end that might be the end that's a good that's a good cold note to end on i'm really annoyed because i see all this wrestling stuff and my evangelical upbringing wants me to really make a lot of homophobic jokes about it (laughs) but my being part of the queer community makes me want to not make homophobic jokes about it and that 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 is back around to the fact that oh wait I'm in the queer community. I'm allowed to make homophobic jokes again because they're ironic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> anyway, you like wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> on that wonderful note, we, we move on <laughs> to, to Emily Rose Reinecke, uh, if you're not familiar. Photographer. What's the, uh, podcaster i'm I'm looking at emily's profile and it oh look at that it's a link to a it's a patreon where you could donate two dollars a month to get bonus episodes that's that's Mm -hmm. weird it's idlecuriosities.com what a capitalist (laughs) that sucks what a goddamn (laughs) capitalist pig using her own platform to shill her own product shameful truly deeply shameful uh well I've, i've gotten to her website, and I see Reliant K is the Yikes. first thing I see. Which is... Bad, bad choices, negative choices. Oh. No, oh, wait actually, a second. A... You have to read the whole article because like, it I'm is, not... a, is no. a piece. No, this is the internet. We don't need yeah, to do we any don't such need thing. Context. The only thing I'm going to note about the article is it came out on my birthday, and that's cool. Yeah, it is. 
I'm going to be fuck Matt Thiessen. Yeah, he's not great. But also, I kind of want to write a book about Reliant K. Yeah, it would be an interesting book. I mean, they they had a weird cultural impact. Anyway, uh, this Twitter. If you ain't a Christian, I'm gonna stab you in the face. (laughs) Jesus. Shout out to mental illness. Uh, she can't. She can't find a. She can't find a job because she has too much clam. I'm not gonna look into what that means. <laughs> That's just what her Twitter says. I'm seeing a lot about clams, and I'm confused. <laughs> that's all i've got when, to say when, about uh, that when emily, when emily rose was a kid uh she wanted to be jack black <laughs> hey that's what's wrong I, with that's, that. that yeah i see nothing <laughs> negative in that goal i to this day want to be jack no, black i've I, never I, seen a human so more so self-actualized that's true i'm like a not self-actualized jack black and by oh. that i mean i'm just <laughs> oh, fat honey we're, honey we're supposed to be we're not supposed to be roasting you right now. Like. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Right. Uh, That's what we call an inside thought, Josiah. <laughs> I liked my thoughts. You know, if one thing I feel good about is I'm I'm uh, the best at being mean to myself. So, how do we feel about the name Eugene? It's not a great name. I'm not a fan. Eugene. Eugene. I think the only thing worse Eugene, than Eugene is Eugenia. Like, you had but, all of the choices not to go that direction, and yet... How, however, if you're going to be a comedian, I think it's a very funny name. Like, I think of Eugene Merman when I think of Eugene, and I like Eugene Merman. So I think of Eugene Levy. Oh, another great example of a funny person. I don't know any either of these individuals, so I can't. Eugene uh, Merman is Gene from Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Ah. He's and Eugene great. Levy is the dad from Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Too funny. And somebody is going to murder me for describing him as that. Oh yeah. That's okay. Oh, yeah. But yeah, both funny people. So I, I think the thing is it's it's you can name your kid Eugene, it's you've cursed them to be a funny person. Or, like there's or no perish. other route they can go with their life. Yeah, they, they have one choice. You must be funny to fight your name or you will be taken down by society. <laughs> or you have to be outrageously attractive to compensate. I, I, I have a joke I want to make here, but I think it'll get me canceled. Have you listened to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, naming your kid Eugene is a lot like having a kid who's Jewish. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's go. What's, what's the comparison? Oh, the, you know, it's, it's just that, or just gonna, that. you're dooming them to grow up to be funny. <laughs> See, that's great. That's good. Is that's it? Good. Oh, I have yeah. a, I have a, I have a joke about the um, the the Boulder mass shooting yesterday. Oh, let's oh, not. Let's, let's not. not do let's that. not. Not in this episode. No. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. So I can get canceled with uh potential anti-Semitism, but not with mass shootings. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's more of a like recency bias. Like the oh, are you saying that are you been... saying that the Jews aren't currently persecuted? No, I'm that's saying exactly that that is... no, right? no, <laughs> saying that's exactly what she's saying. No, no, where do you stand on Israel? Oh yeah, my just god! On a, on a scale of one to ten, where do you rank uh, Palestine? <laughs> like, let's <laughs> y'all are exhausting. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, uh, this, this show has, has so many cancelable moments. There literally was an episode that started with just my guest listing slurs, like, a couple episodes yep. ago. <laughs> yep. It was a that great was, time. That was my favorite. <laughs> no, it was, it was maybe my favorite opener I've ever had for the show. <laughs> So, uh, please tell me, do you are, know anything about this AJ Montpetit person? No, no, he. he oh, um, no, I, he's he's like a complete like found me through the show kind of person. I love which is cool. it, AJ Montpetit. Um, based off people he follows, um, my assumption is he came through the shitty Christian store, uh, mm. but I might be incorrect on that. I, I'm, or it, we might have introduced him to shitty Christian. I'm not sure. I don't know. I really There's like all the like, really terrible wallpapers. I, I'm sticking by Caleb's thing that it's a very millennial uh, profile picture. You know, it's like the wacky face. You know, this is a quirky person. And the the mask with the mustache. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Give me oh a break. man, that is I feel 2012. Like that is in support of something. Perhaps. Oh yeah, sure. Well, we are gonna pretend. Pink socks. It, it, in support uh, of Movember, which is like a, a mustache thing, like it supports men, and I don't think that that's a, any any charity that supports men isn't a charity I'm interested in. To be quite I honest, mean, it's about testicular cancer, but yeah, I, whatever. Uh, I was more gonna focus on the recent um, tweet reply at an at a completely boomer humor joke uh, that he oh, really yeah. just double downed on about website cookies and real cookies. Oh yeah. Um, and then apparently he tweeted at uh, an V legal V cool pod. Oh man, telling that really... Jared to check out a band. Uh, so Wait, that's what? cringy. Um, <laughs> oh, apparently he quite enjoys V legal V V cool pod, whatever that is about Christian metal nostalgia, hundred percent. Sir, don't use emojis like that. Yeah, a lot of a lot of his stuff is just him adding either us or shitty Christians, which are two of like the lowest of the low. I kind of feel like you see this this profile is exactly why I refuse to donate on the level that my Twitter would get dragged. Because oh yeah, oh yeah. I I mostly feel like I'm not active enough to give you guys good material, and that is exactly oh, yeah. the issue that I am coming up against. <laughs> <laughs> back to december 2020 in this guy's feed and honestly i think i could scroll for a month and not get to december 2020 in my feed so this i mean aj that is, good, that is good on you, i guess for not having a crippling addiction to twitter yeah not what yeah, I, good on you for living okay no i know exactly what you're about to say evily we gotta get it. what is with the just numbered things I think it's supposed to be minimal- minimalistic wallpaper links, but I think the links are all broken. Like, all the previews are broken. And so, since he doesn't put any context with them, it just <laughs> looks like bullshit with no context. It's just like he's tweeting a sequence of numbers. Which, <laughs> the more Christ, The more recent ones, the more recent ones have, have workable links. <laughs> so, I, that's exactly what's going it, on. It looks like he's just counting up from, from one to a thousand. Good for him. Oh, look at that. I he retweeted a Baby Yoda meme. That's adorable. Oh, sir. Uh, so, I, this isn't a good dragon. Is this isn't good. It's not funny, uh, and it's not going to make him feel bad about himself, which is bad. Yeah. Well, I, I always stick by, if all else fails, you can just make stuff up about him. So oh, I wait, heard I AJ's someone else wearing racist. that mustache. 
Oh, I found yeah. somebody else wearing that mustache uh, mask. Uh-huh. And there's a hashtag attached to it. What is pink it? Pink socks. Team S-I-S-D and pink socks. Yeah. Okay. So let's find out if we can tell what that's Josiah, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to cut a lot of this out. None of it that's is okay. good. That's okay. No, this is great. We're doing good. Uh- <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> Let's let's look at likes. Maybe likes will be oh, fruitful. Oh, is he in Texas? Fucking gross. No, it says yeah. Rochester, New Mexico. Oh well, he's or, no. I'm Minnesota. sorry, my Minnesota. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, even worse. Oh. The Texas of the North is what they call that. I was gonna say that's the New Mexico of the North. So, is that crab rangoon I hear? No, that wasn't me this time. Oh, I'm so hungry, guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We could we could move toward. Yeah, yeah I don't. I, no. I'm sorry. I don't have yeah. anything. I'm really bad at yeah. being mean right now. Like that's okay. That's okay. I, I haven't. I haven't well, uh, sharpened that particular <laughs> skill set of mine in a while. Yeah. Well, I'll end on. Uh, you know, he's the owner of Workshop, but he doesn't know how to spell Workshop, and that's a bad sign. Workshop. Workshop. Uh, oh, does so, he have like Silicon Valley startup brain? Yeah, I think he's got startup brain. He's doing the same thing as uh. the weekend, where you have to take all of the vowels out because they're too expensive. They are. Expensive. You know, I, I remember when people used to do that, and honestly, thanks for the memories. <laughs> Even if they weren't so good. That was good. That was good. Tastes <laughs> <laughs> like you, but sweeter. Sweeter. Okay, all still right. a bop though. It, okay. Oh, it's a great, it's a great song. Uh, it's now time for Twitter news. Because... <laughs> 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 ready for this hot shot? Yeah, yeah, bring it on. I hate that. <laughs> I, I am now quickly looking at the Twitter news uh, submissions now. One second. It's all Nate. Nate Thiessen submits all the Twitter news. <laughs> I uh, used to submit a lot of it, but then I got bored. Yeah, I'm really yeah. concerned that the Twitter news is going to be like really specific milieu of some discourse that I'm not involved in. And I I'm try have to nothing avoid to that. say. Here, oh, uh, have, have here's you, what we can seen... do. It doesn't really matter what the content is. Nate submitted this because it's it's from the New York Post Sports. It's something about sports. I don't care. But there's a basketball wearing a mask, and Nate thought that was funny. It's not. So, there you go. I think it's funny, so. I mean, <laughs> it just reads to me of a very tired social media professional. <laughs> yeah, is... for an image. <laughs> Honestly, I can be sympathetic to that. Yeah, I'm extremely sympathetic. I just, it makes me feel sad. Do we want to talk about uh, Jesse Singal? Or however you pronounce his fucking name? What, what happened with him? Oh, just transphobias. Oh, what do you do? I don't remember. I don't follow that dip shit. But uh, he managed to get Liz Bruning to also do a transphobia. Oh, shit. I Jesus. Mean, uh, and then he got Dan Savage to do a transphobia. Oh, oh no. a- Another transphobia. Oh, God. So, Why do know. people feel like they need to open their mouths all the time? <laughs> yeah. You say it's we're on this podcast. That's yes, also true. But I feel that. Oh, my God. Can you guys hear my fucking cat screaming? No. No, but mood. Um, I just... There are some things you can talk and be stupid about, and then there are others where really, like, if you don't 
If you don't think that you're going to say anything helpful, just be quiet. And that's just, how you avoid making an issue. Okay, yeah. I do have some, uh, some not Twitter news necessarily, but we'll call it social yeah. media news. It's important. Oh, okay. um, so, tweeted out by Zachary Patrizzo, ZT Patrizzo. Uh, my pillow CEO Mike Lindell, after oh, facing no. the prospects of a lawsuit over naming his social media company Vocal V O C L, says he has renamed it Frank. Now, have either of you heard this story already? No, no. no. What's going would on with either this? Either of you would either of you like to take a guess as to what Frank stands for? What is Frank? Fascists, anarchist. No, there's an R. Radicals. Anarchists. Uh, Do you know who? Mi- okay, let's rewind a little bit more. Do you know who Mike Lindell is? <laughs> I mean, I un- no, no, I don't. He's the Pillow CEO who is like. Oh okay, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, I yeah, know, yeah, I know yeah. him as the guy who owns the My Pillow franchise, who is like super in favor of Trump. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. maybe Papa John's. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, here is here is what Frank stands for. It stands for free, forthright, and sincere expression of speech. Three, so there's four. two F's and no K. That doesn't make that's bad. This is why we need to support public education. This is why, yeah, we need the humanities. <laughs> Necessity is the mother of invention. The free speech platform, Frank, is oh just my that. God. Yes. Political correctness has caused many people to be shamed, marginalized, and characterized because for they should forth be. Truth. No. In part, the very definition of Frank is to be forthright and sincere in your expression. What could be more American oh. than that? Just because you it are forthright and sincere does not mean you are correct. Named Frank. The Jesus. world watched as perhaps the most visible and vocal CEO in America, the Mike world? Lindell, really? became the victim of the cancel culture. No. Oh, and began to it express came. his views on matters that the liberal media and big tech. You see, this is why I don't. Incorrect. This is why I don't. Free speech is one of the hallmarks <sighs> of our constitutional republic, as enshrined in the goddamn Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'm taking liberties now, but yeah, um, I'm like, did they actually publish goddamn? Like, no. Oh my Anyway, God. yeah, he goes on. We That's... hope you will join our community and let freedom ring. And how That's many great. downloads does that have on the App Store? A million. Oh, it hasn't even, hasn't even launched yet. Oh, good. <laughs> a plus. So that's a little uh, I am going to copy, proselytizing there. I'm going to copy the uh, the logo in to the Discord, though, because I do feel like you both need to see this. Okay. <laughs> Would either of you like to weigh in or even just describe what that logo is? <laughs> it looks like the instructions sheet to a, to a fiasco expansion. <laughs> It looks like a bootlegged version of Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> it's like, this is the naughty party game. <laughs> yeah, and... Oh. And you know what? I Both of their little silhouette figurines there, I hate them both, just purely mm-hmm. based on body language. So it's doing its job. Yeah. I can't stand what's going to come out of these people's mouths. And I guarantee I'm... they're going to back it up by saying, I'm just being honest. Yeah. It's just my opinion. 
So I'm going to have to have to join this this social media. This, this, Is that going to be the new parlor news? <laughs> yes, Frank news. I love that. I'm looking at these people, and on the right, I see Sterling Archer, and on the left, I see Cheryl Tunt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can right. See that. That's I about can see it. Him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yikes. <sighs> uh, let's do last Twitter news. Um, comes from at consequence consequence of sound john cooper of christian rock band skillet strongly condemned cardi b's grammy's performance and likened the ceremony to hitler's propaganda if you go uh, quote if you go back and you read some of hitler's speeches that's what's happening right now on the grammys (sighs) (laughs) you know it's Really incredible what some people will do and say just to try to be relevant again. It it really is amazing because I I it's, like it, he writes rock music for fourteen year olds and he it's talks. It's almost like, like he's trying to uh, do some sort of rebirthing of his career. Oh, that was good. After it had that a collapse. Good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it really just seems like he's a monster now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's really getting uh, under my fingernails. No, but this is such a, like, as a guy who, like, you know, writes music for 14-year-olds, it sounds like a 14-year-old's take, where it's like, oh, man, dude, I hate Cardi B. She's like Hitler. I don't know. It sounds just just like a middle school boy. He's just not on board with the alien youth. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Are you just Googling I barely know her. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) Yeah, like I, I'm no, I'm no great fan of Cardi B, but it takes no. a special kind of stupid to uh, compare her to Hitler. Yeah, like, <laughs> like to be like, you know, this person who absolutely would have been uh, not exactly on Hitler's good side, probably aggressively <laughs> targeted by the man. Yeah, she's the new Hitler because Jesus. she doesn't care about my fifis. <sighs> you know, because that's what being hitler is that's what it is not systematic (laughs) genocide and destruction of anything that looks different than you no it's not caring about a um washed up christian rock band um (laughs) members fifis yeah i i wouldn't i wouldn't expect a evangelical christian to understand Understand persecution the harms of of genocide Uh oh you ain't a Christian, I'm going to stab you in the face. <laughs> Perfect use of that drop. <laughs> well, uh, I think this has been Twitter news. So, <laughs> Thank God that's over. <laughs> We've made a lot of friends. Shared a did, lot of laughs. Often at the expense of others. That's true. That's right. Well, um, now it's just uh, it's just plugs and then, and then we're out of here. We did it. Uh, 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 Emily, why don't you start with the plugs? Oh, I don't have anything to plug. Oh, okay. Really? She already did all of her plugs the entire <laughs> <Yeah>. episode. <laughs> all right, fine. I'll plug something, but I won't plug my own thing. I like to plug Frank. It's this new app. Oh, God. <laughs> it's all about free expression. <laughs> no, actually, I'm going to plug something. I'm going to plug season three of The Circle. Um, the BBC reality competition show, The Circle, is 
back, baby. Oh, thank uh, God. Go pirate it. It's uh, airing on Channel 4 now. And I don't know if Netflix is ever going to get it because Netflix didn't get the first two series of the British version. So they probably won't get this one either. But it's been really fun so far. So go pirate it and watch The Circle. Hell yeah. Right. Rose. Um, I'm going to plug in the order of importance. Go get your vaccine if you can. Please, for the love of God. Um, Krispy Kreme mm. is giving away free donuts to everyone who's vaccinated. So if that motivates you, fabulous, go do that. But please, for the love of God, go get vaccinated. Um, at least here in Nevada, it's opening up, I think, officially on April 6th. It's open. Vaccinations are open to every demographic. So mm. if go look up the rules in your area, please go get vaccinated. Please encourage your friends and families to go get vaccinated. Um, I would like to have a hot girl summer, please, for once. <laughs> um, so that's important. Go do that. Um, secondly, go listen to the Beetlejuice musical. It is the, the um, Broadway cast album is on Spotify and it's really, really good and fun and it's silly and it has nothing to do with politics or the way the world is burning. So um, yep. just enjoy that. It's really good. And um, I think it's Alex Brightman is the lead. He plays Beetlejuice and he does this really cool thing with his voice that is definitely worth listening to. Um, so that's fun. Go do that. And then if you have any desire to follow me, um, I don't really use t Twitter, but you can follow my Instagram at Rose and Ivy, all lowercase, all one word, R-O-S-E-I-N-I-V-Y. Yep. Um, and if and, you all uh, go get vaccinated, I will post more pictures to my Instagram because I don't do anything <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh... And uh, yeah, and I'll I'll close out. Um, I I'd like to plug. Uh, we 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 mentioned shitty Christian. I mentioned shitty Christians a couple times. Um, obviously, I, I have plenty of, plenty of times plugged that show just because we we interact a lot. Um, but they put out an episode. Uh, you know, while you know while VLVC was putting out the animals episode, uh, <laughs> shitty Christians was putting out a really really great uh, interview with somebody who was involved in. Um, like solidarity work with these um, anti-capitalist nuns. It's really great. It's it's such a good interview, and I highly recommend it. So it's it's very on on their brand, and it's it's something that if you listen to this, you probably would like to. So, uh, hell yeah. So, so, uh, is that so it? Uh, yeah, I think we, we did it. So uh, I'll go ahead and close out. Um, oh, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, this this is idle curiosity. Uh, <laughs> uh, a, a web search based podcast uh, featuring Emily Emily Rose and Jason. No, this has been very legal, very cool, featuring uh, Emily Rose and Rose. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. The, uh, the music is a garage band loop that I stuck a drum beat behind. You can find us at Be Legal, Be Cool Pod on Twitter or a bunch of other stuff in the show notes. And please email us at hello at verylegalvery.cool. Thank you so much. I'm a joke maker.
Oh, oh.